Russ got his contract four years with an average annual value of $3.5 million per year. That doesn't preclude Russ getting traded, but I'd like to see the Penguins hold on to Russ because he's a pace car. If your team's based on speed, like the Penguins, you need a couple guys who are the fastest guys. And Russ is one of those. Kuhnhockel reportedly turned on a two-year deal after not being qualified in restricted free agency. So he's done as a Penguin. Riley Shane didn't get qualified either, but the talk continues he may yet be brought back. Moving to football. David Carr, the ex-NFL quarterback, said on the NFL Network that Ben Roethlisberger is no longer a top 10 quarterback in the league. Well, if anyone would know about not being a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, it's certainly David Carr. He was the first pick overall in 2002 and was pretty much a bust. He got a Super Bowl ring as a backup who didn't play a snap in 2011 with the New York Giants. He never, ever played in a playoff game. So while I still think Ben is a top 10 quarterback, I can't question Carr's judgment when it comes to rotten quarterbacks because he was friggin' rotten. Uh, Lev Bell says he and the Steelers are closer to a long-term deal now than they were a year ago. Boy, I hope not. Bell's 26. He's had a heavy workload dating all the way back to his college days in Michigan State. Bell isn't all the way through his prime, but he's getting there. I think the smart thing to do is use Bell this year. Give him the ball a ton. Let him go after and draft his replacement in the next NFL draft. In other words, franchise him and forget him. F him and F him. So that's quite an opening for today's show. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call to go one-on-one with the great one. Or you can do what the cool kids do and follow me on Twitter, at Mark Madden X. The David Carr thing is hilarious. He basically says Ben is carried uh, by Antonio Bryan and Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Don't get me wrong. Those two are major talents. But Ben is the straw that stirs that drink. And if you don't believe that, wait till after he retires. And then when you look at Carr's top 10, he has freaking Jimmy Garoppolo rated number 10. Ahead of Ben. Yeah, the guy won his first five starts, but A, that's not a lengthy resume. And B, Ben won his first 14 starts. So what's up? Ben is still a top 10 quarterback and probably top five. This is just silly. Brady, Rodgers, and Breeze were one, two, three on Carr's list, so age obviously was not a handicap. Let's look at the numbers. It all comes down to numbers, right? Ben's passer rating was 15th. He was 5th in touchdowns. His ratio was 28 touchdowns to 14 interceptions, 2 to 1. His passing yards per game was 3rd. And he was less than 3 yards off the lead. His completion percentage was 11th. 
So I look at those numbers, and I don't see a quarterback that's dropped out the top 10. Joining me at 3.30 to discuss David Carr's opinion, Ben's status among quarterbacks in the NFL, and whether or not Le'Veon Bell will get a long-term contract ever with the Steelers, it's Jerry Dulac at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Jerry Dulac at 3.30 here on 105.9 The X. Uh, With NHL free agency set to kick off on July 1st, which is Sunday, uh, teams and agents are talking already, so it's going to kick off quick on Sunday. I figure that John Tavares signs wherever, and then dominoes fall. Let me ask you a question. If you were free agent, what would make your decision? What would be your priorities? Here are my top 10 priorities were I a free agent uh, in descending order. Number one, money. Number two, money. Number three, having a chance to win. Number four, money. Number five, how I'd fit, my talents. Number six, what city the team plays in, geography. And seven through ten, money, 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 and money. Oh, and if I were married, what my wife wanted would supersede a lot of that. But I'm assuming I'd be married to some gold digger, and so it would come down to money. Now, if the money was close, I'd pick the better team. And if I were a top six center, I wouldn't come to Pittsburgh with Sid and Gino. Look at Broussard, how he doesn't quite fit. And I probably wouldn't play in Winnipeg, Calgary, or Edmonton, no matter what. No Western Canada, except Vancouver, but they'd have to make one heck of an offer. But it's about the money and maxing out, coming close anyway, and very little else. So let's see how it plays out with John Tavares. Tavares is from Toronto. Tavares is a sucker for the Leafs. But can they afford him with the cap? Between him and Matthews and Marlowe and Marner and Nylander, and if the Leafs sign Tavares, by the way, Who plays defense? You're not collecting hockey cards. You're building a team. Uh, Tavares, as we speak, is meeting with teams. They're making their pitch. Everyone is swooning over Lou Lamorello and the New York Islanders, but he left Toronto in a jam. Tavares may be loyal, but I don't see him returning to Long Island. And Brooklyn, however many rinks the Islanders plan to play in this coming season. Now, here's something intriguing, but it ain't going to happen. But some people are saying Toronto should offer Tavares a one-year deal worth the league maximum of $15.9 million. Because Matthew and Marner have one more year left on their entry deals, which are cheap. So you could afford Tavares, even at that inflated price, for one year. No security for Tavares, but it'll be a one-year huge payday. 
Here's a question Ken Campbell of the Hockey News asked. And I got to tell you, it's a good question. At 27, is John Tavares a declining asset? Would you give him a seven-year deal worth 68, 70 mil, whatever, somewhere in there? I'm not saying I wouldn't, but the article written by Ken Campbell does make me wonder whether or not I should. Ken Campbell's a good hockey guy. Check him out at the Hockey News website. I love free agency. I love the speculation. Uh, I'd love to see the Penguins sign Grabner, but Stige was right yesterday. Grabner really is a left shot who plays right wing, and you don't want to screw around with that, and the Penguins already have enough right wings. Uh, Carlson is staying with Washington, John Carlson, so the word is Vegas wants to trade for Eric Carlson from Ottawa. I bet Vegas has trouble making the playoffs next year. I bet William Carlson gets about 17 goals. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. we got Dulac at 330. we got Stan Severn at 430. Just around the corner, we're going to talk about Bob Nutting's greed a little bit more. Really, you can never talk enough about Bob Nutting's greed. Oh, wait. This just in. The Hockey Hall of Fame has announced its incoming class. Willie O'Ree inducted. The first player of color in league history. Hard to believe he wasn't inducted ages ago. Martin St. Louis inducted. Okay, I guess. It's a hall of very good now. And Martin St. Louis is indeed very good. Martin Brodeur. Come on. Pretty obvious, right? Three Stanley Cups and one of the best goaltenders of all time. Gary Bettman, the current NHL commissioner. And you know what? You can make a strong argument against. I'm going to make a strong argument for. Gary Bettman did a lot to make sure the Penguins stayed in Pittsburgh. Jaina Hefford inducted. I have no idea who that is. I'm assuming some women's hockey player because got to put a woman in. An annual tradition now with the Hockey Hall of Fame. And all-time Soviet great Alexander Yakashev who I saw play in the uh, Super Series in 72 against Canada, and a few years later he visited Pittsburgh to play with the wings of the Soviets against the Penguins, and he was absolutely devastating. More of those Soviets in that era should be enshrined on Young Street in Toronto. 412-333-9939. We thought Jim Rutherford might make it. He did not. We thought ex-Penguin Sergei Zuboff would make it, and he did not. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. He is Iron Man. Double M, what's up, buddy? Hi. Hey, Double M, just want to get your point on something. But he had sacks! But he had sacks! But he had sacks! The X at 105.9. Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette is going to drop by at the bottom of the hour. David Carr, the former quarterback said on the NFL Network that Ben Roethlisberger is no longer a top-ten quarterback, and he rates Jimmy Garoppolo 
at number 10 ahead of Ben. We'll see what Jerry Dulac thinks of that about 10 minutes from now. We've been talking about hockey contracts all day. Brian Rust has signed a four-year deal to end his restricted free agency before it even started. And he will remain a Penguin at a price of $3.5 million per year. As somebody points out on Twitter, if Rusty's making $3.5 million, he's not going to play fourth line for that kind of money. Kessel and Hornquist are going to play top six. So is Sprong a fourth liner? Is he going to learn left wing? Or is he going to Wilkes? It's a good point about Rust. He ain't going to be a fourth liner for 3.5 mil. I doubt that they would move him to left wing as weaker position at that price either. So I think uh, some moves still have to be made. But uh, it certainly does not bode well for Daniel Sprong. Rutherford said he'd be on the team next year. He'd be a regular. But he said that about Pouliot last year, and Pouliot wound up being traded to Vancouver. Another contract signed today. A local kid, good guy, J.T. Miller, has signed a five-year deal with Tampa Bay worth $5.25 mil. You'll recall that J.T. went from the New York Rangers to Tampa in that Ryan McDonough deal at the deadline this past season. Now, if you want to focus on the Penguins regarding who's leaving, who's coming, uh, letting Shane go unrestricted is interesting. To qualify him, the offer would have had to been uh, the same as he made last year, $2 million and a little bit of change. So if Shane wants to stay in Pittsburgh, they apparently want him to take a pay cut, and management is high on Teddy Bluger. Jim Rutherford said that Bluger, who's 23 now, he said Bluger is ready to be a fourth-line center in the NHL. And boy, if he ain't by age 23, he's not getting there nearly as fast as you'd hoped. Hey, the Penguins have stars. If you have stars in the NHL, it's difficult to maintain depth. Vegas had depth because Vegas had no stars. Speaking of Vegas, I wonder where uh, Gigolo Jimmy's going to wind up, James Neal. Nealer really likes Vegas. He also really likes money. And uh, as I said at shows open, if I were a free agent, my first priority by far would be money. Money first, money second. After that, I'd consider a few other things. Like I said, I love free agency. I love the speculation. Uh, we've been talking about how the Pirates want a kickback from state gambling revenue on sports betting when that starts, and it might not because the state wants a $10 million licensing fee up front and then 34% of the revenue, which is just ridiculous. That's just, it's onerous, it's usurious, it's a bunch of other words I can barely pronounce and you don't know. It's just too much. And by the way, there's no precedent, none, to give the Pirates a kickback from that state gambling revenue. Vegas never gave a kickback, and that's in how many years of legalized sports betting in Vegas. Now, the logic is that without the game, there is no gambling. 
but that's not logic. It's absurd is what it is. Without the game, there is no pregame cocktail. But McFadden isn't giving the Pirates a kickback. Neither is Tito's vodka. Without the game, the family doesn't go have a burger afterward. But Burgatory isn't giving a kickback to the Pirates. And the notion of needing money to educate the players on gambling, come on, that's absurd. Rule 21D is all the education needed. And it's posted right there in every clubhouse. Don't bet on baseball. Baseball owners are multimillionaires. Bob Nutting is a billionaire. These guys just don't need any more free money. And it may be moot because, like I mentioned, with a $10 million buy-in and a 34% tax after that, no one wants to have legalized sports gambling in PA. No one wants to be the book. So we might never see it. Uh, sticking with Nutting, I have a column in the Trib tomorrow about uh, my belief that the Pirates are, are going to get rid of four starters by the trade deadline, Harrison, Cervelli, Dickerson, and Mercer, and may even get rid of more than that. They're going to slash payroll to the bone like the Chicago White Sox, the Oakland A's, uh, like Florida has, and just get max profit by any means necessary. And I know people think, and the balance sheet, the ledger sheet, says that Nutting's doing a good job as an owner in terms of running a business. But the Pirates get revenue sharing, TV money, cash from MLB's tech sale. They enjoy a crazy number of revenue streams, but not much of it is truly earned. That revenue sharing, the TV money, the tech sale, nothing, nothing did nothing. Little tongue twister there. Nothing did nothing to merit any of that money. That all came Nutting's way simply because he owns a big league baseball team. He didn't work for it. Now, think about that. That is tens of millions of dollars that Nutting didn't earn. He got that money just by owning a team and being part of MLB's infrastructure. He didn't earn it. He didn't work for it. It just showed up. It's free money. It's earned by investment, I guess. But Nutting doesn't get that money by running his baseball team properly. He didn't earn it. Up next, going to talk football. Going to talk Steelers. Going to talk David Carr sticking it to Big Ben on the NFL Network with Jerry Dulac at the Post-Gazette. That's next right here on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, hey, super genius, big, big fan. See, you're just screwing with me. You're doing a good job, but you're just screwing with me, right? The X at 105.9. Lev Bell and Ben Roethlisberger are both in the news. Joining me now to talk about it. He covers the Steelers for the Post-Gazette. It's our good friend, uh, Jerry Dulac. Jerry, let's start off with Ben. David Carr of the NFL Network said, Ben is no longer among the top 10 quarterbacks in the league, but Jimmy Garoppolo is. That seems like crazy talk. Uh, what say you? Yeah, it's, I, I say uh, it's beyond crazy talk, Mark. The funny thing is, is that I think in his last three or so years that Ben has, has been at his best. Um, and so this, I, that would, that would indicate. So what he's saying to me then is that Ben's declining and I have seen no evidence 
of that whatsoever. And so when he says he's in the best shape of his life, so uh, when when David Carr or anybody suggests that he's not even in the top ten, which is preposterous, then that's what they're saying. And I, I just don't see that, Mark. And, I, you know, as you know, I see him all the time. Um, and um, I, I, I just think that's foolhardy. I mean, they're... The reason why they went 13-3 and last year, Mark, is because they went back to having the offense run more around Ben and less around Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell's carries, they weren't cut in half, but they were reduced 35 to 40%, and Ben's attempts and passing yards went up about 35 or 40 more, uh, 40%. And that, if you look at their offense, so did their point production. That was when they were at their best when they went back to letting the offense run the way it should, and that is around number seven. So to suggest that he's not in the top ten is preposterous, and then to intimate then as a result of that that he, he's on the decline is, is just as crazy. Yeah, uh, you, you certainly said everything there, Jerry. And I look at the numbers, too, and the numbers certainly don't back Carr. Uh, fifth in touchdowns, third in yards per game, completion percentage 11th, 28 touchdowns to 14 interceptions. I just don't see where Carr's judgment, you know, came from. I mean, like, yeah, like, it, like he was, his passer rating was fifteenth, but you know, big deal. Everything else weighs in his favor. To say nothing of going thirteen and three. Yeah, and and I think I think David Carr just got sacked one too many times in his career, <laughs> uh, Mark. Because um, and and you're talking, you know, when you point up those production numbers, don't forget he's doing that with a thousand yard rusher uh, in his backfield. So. Um, you know, that alone uh, tells you how productive he is. Um, I bet there aren't too many other running backs, uh, quarterbacks with a thousand yard rusher who are pointing, putting up those kinds of numbers. Uh, uh, Drew Brees, I guess Kamara, one of those guys had a thousand yards, I think, last year. But, you know, that's, that's, the, other, that's the other side of that. And so um, I, I just think, uh, if, if he, I mean, I, I, who were some of the other ones in the top 10? I didn't see the list, but you mentioned Garoppolo. They do that based on. How many games? Five games, six games, seven games. Isn't that crazy? Now, this will really get under Ben's skin, won't it? Because Ben oh, yeah. reads oh, and yeah. hears everything, doesn't he? Yes, he does. I don't know how much he reads it, but, Mark, as you know, he hears it. Because <laughs> somebody tells him about it. And uh, he has told me that on several occasions. And, um, so, and yeah, and, and that just, <clears throat> you know, one, one, it'll lead to a cryptic remark somewhere down the road, you know, where he'll say to the media, he'll say, well, you know, he says, I don't even I mustn't have it anymore. I'm not even a top 10 quarterback. And people will think he's calling himself that when, in fact, he's taking a shot at the dummies who say he's not a top 10 quarterback. But, yeah, it'll, 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 give, him, it'll give him a little fuel, to fuel for the fire. There's no, there's no doubt about it. And uh, when Ben says he wants to play three more years, hey, Mark, look, an injury can happen to anybody. But based on what I have seen and the way he's performed and his arm strength, he has a stronger arm now than when he came into the league as a rookie. So, uh, again, I've seen no decline. Now, in October, could we see it? Uh, I don't think so. Sure, anything's possible. But there is no evidence of that to me. And I think last year, especially as the season went on, he got better. And 42 points in a playoff game, Mark, not too bad. It's not his fault they lost. Well, five, six years ago, Jerry, I thought that if Ben's mobility started to decline, that would probably lead to a general decline. But if anything, he's more mobile now than ever, and certainly smarter, and certainly better protected. Well, I think the smarter and protector, definitely. I mean, you know, nobody's ever going to confuse him, uh, you know, with Steve Young or Russell Wilson. Um, well, right, but, but he's uh, not yet a club foot either. 
Oh no, he's not. He's not Scott Mitchell, and he's not. He's not Kent Graham. You know, one of the things like Dan Marino, Mark was not a, a. You know, he was not a guy who can move very well, but he knew how to drift in the pocket, and that, and and there's and and the, your awareness in the pocket. Ben is so good at that. I mean, you know, hey, look, all you know, he feels pressure. Now, some guys feel pressure that's not there. But Ben feels pressure as well as anybody, and he knows how to move around in the pocket. He doesn't necessarily have to run around in the pocket. So while he's not the most mobile guy, um, you know, he's not a guy who's, who's a sitting duck back there by any means. We're talking to Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette here on the Mark Madden Show. Jerry, uh, I would rank Ben still in the top five. I mean, I look at uh, Brady and Rodgers as maybe being the guys you can make a claim or above them, but... But not many others, that's for sure. Uh, I don't know, Drew Brees, I mean, where would you put him? I wouldn't put Drew Brees ahead of him. I would put Brady, of course, number one, because to me he's the greatest of all time. I don't think there's any dispute about that. He not only has the passing numbers, he has the titles. A lot of guys have the passing numbers. Brett Favre, Dan Marino, Peyton Manning. But Brady's right there with them and, and right behind them, and he has all the titles. So to me, those two add up to being number one. I don't want to say by far, but easily in my book. Uh, and I'll and I'll give you Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I like Aaron Rodgers a great deal. He might be the greatest thrower of the football that I, I I mean certainly that I've ever seen, and and maybe one of the greatest throwers of the football in in NFL history. But yeah, I'll give you those two. And uh, I know I wouldn't put Drew Brees ahead of him. And uh, I'm just trying to think offhand who I might put up in front of him. And I don't want to hear about some young guy like Andrew Luck, who, of course, has been hurt, who I think can be really, really good because he's already good when he's healthy. But to me, I, yeah, I, Ben, to me, is easily in the top five. And, and uh, I, I, would, I would not argue that he's number three. Uh, Jerry, moving to Lev Bell. He says he and the Steelers are closer to a long-term deal now than they were last year. Does that seem likely to you? No, it really doesn't, Mark, because I just don't see them moving in that direction, especially especially if his number is at least fourteen and a half million. I mean, there is no way they're gonna go to that number, uh, you know, uh one when the market is six million dollars below that. Not that they're gonna pay him eight or nine million, but they're not gonna go up to up to at least fourteen and a half. And if they do everything they have ever every principle they've ever embraced Anything they've ever stood for in contract negotiations now goes right out the window, and they are just throwing uh, history away. Every every practice they've ever uh, they've ever had in terms of contract dealings, uh, I just don't see that happening uh, for a guy who's not Ben Roethlisberger and even Antonio Brown. And don't get me wrong, I'm not denigrating Lev, Lev Bell's ability. You know, you can make a case he's the best running back in the league. But the market is the market, and he doesn't set the market, uh, uh, Mark. You know, um, the market tells him what he's going to get. So if he's going to sit there at $14.5 million plus, then there's, in, there's just no way, in my opinion, and based on what I know, that the Steelers are ever going to go that high with him because now he is capitulating to them, both publicly and quietly, like quietly and publicly, certainly publicly, and the Steelers don't do business that way. He's telling them what he wants, and if they give him what he wants, then you know now now you're opening Pandora's box for everybody. And again, it's totally against. Well, what Jerry, you make you make a real good point in that he probably shouldn't have said a number out loud, let alone in a rap song, because then that makes it a public battle, and 
you know, he's got an ego and the Steelers aren't going to, you know, go above their prescribed figure. Now, with that in mind, what is their prescribed figure? What's the most they would give Lev Bell per year? Mark, I don't know that exact number, but I would have to guess it would be somewhere in the vicinity of, of kind of where they were last year, which would be about uh, $12 million a year. Um, you know, now with contracts, they can work work certain things, uh, you know, to the guy's benefit, but I just really don't see them going to going to that other number. And if they don't sign them to a long-term contract, Mark, that means they will have spent $27 million on the guy in two years, and there's no way after that they will sign him to a long-term contract. We always hear the Steelers say we would like to sign him to a long-term contract. Yeah, they would like to sign him to a long-term contract. It doesn't mean that they will. It doesn't mean that they're just going to give him anything because they would like to. They would probably like to sign him to a long-term contract for about $5 million a year. But just because they say that doesn't mean that that's going to happen. Well, and, and just uh, because Bell says that, too, doesn't oh, mean it's, it's going to happen. Right. In fact, I consider him about as unreliable a source as can be. And, Jerry, uh, let me bounce this off you. I think the Steelers should franchise Bell this year and let him go next year. Draft a replacement. Well, I, yeah, I don't think there's any question that's what's going to happen, Mark. There's no way they're going to pay him $27 million guaranteed upfront money in two years and then turn around and sign him to a long-term deal. I mean, a running back's, you know, running back's body can only take so much. And, of course, he's going to sit there and tell you what fabulous shape he's in. I, I understand that. He is. He, he's, he's in tremendous shape. He's right up there with Antonio Brown as a guy who works on his, on his body and his conditioning. Um, but you're also talking about a guy who has two suspensions against him. You're talking about a guy who is, who is tested all the time now and will be throughout his career. That doesn't mean he's out there uh, violating their, the league's policies, but it means that he has those issues hanging over his head. And why you would invest that kind of money in a running back when your team is built around number seven and 84 Antonio Brown, um, you know, to me, to invest in that much money in a running back when, when you can find somebody else to plug in there who could be very productive to me is foolhardy. My, Mark, I will remind you, and, and I'm certainly not t- comparing the two, but I will remind you that when Le'Veon Bell was suspended, D'Angelo Williams was leading the league in rushing. You're talking about a guy in Le'Veon Bell who averaged 3.9 yards a carry and didn't have a run longer than 27 yards last year, only three over 20. He's really good, but he's not a, he, he wasn't a difference maker last year missing camp, and we'll see what's going to happen again this year when you miss training camp. I'm sorry. It takes its toll. Jerry, as always, great stuff. We'll do it again soon, I hope. All right, Mark. Always good chat with you. That's the great Jerry Dulac. Check out his work at postgazette.com. Double M on the X. And, and by the way, I agree with every word Jerry Dulac said. Mostly because he agreed with a lot of the words I said. I mean, Ben's a top 10 quarterback for sure, probably still top five. And Le'Veon Bell is one more and done. Going to franchise him and forget him. F him and F him. Franchise and forget. Argentina scored to keep themselves alive in the World Cup. And now they're dogpiling whoever it is that scored. And the only guy I can't see is Messi, so I'm assuming he scored, but I, I could be wrong. In just a few moments, we're going to talk about the absurdity of Willie O'Ree taking 60 years to make the Hall of Fame. It was 60 years between his debut as the NHL's first back player, and then until he got 
in the Hall of Fame. That is just unbelievable. Going to talk about a great tweet by uh, a baseball writer, Craig Calcaterra, who perfectly describes what the Pirates are. In wrestling terms, they're enhancement talent. But they're good enhancement talent. That's up next on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, big fan, big fan. Thank you. I want to say, hell, Mark. I would rather give myself a colonoscopy with a coat hanger. The X at 105.9. To reiterate, I can't believe anybody would think that the right thing for the Steelers to do with Bell is use him one more year with the franchise tag and then let him walk. Get another running back. He'll be 27. You'll have gotten the best years out of him. He'll decline after that, and who knows how fast. Why would you give that guy a long-term deal at 27? Like Jerry Dulac said, taking into account the injury considerations and the suspension considerations. That is the way for the Steelers to play it. No question. No quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. A couple Penguin things to recap. Well, Brian Russ signed a four-year deal today worth $3.5 million. That doesn't mean he won't be traded, but he's the pace car. You need a fast guy if you want to have a fast team, and he's a really fast guy. Now, how's that leave the right wing position? You got Kessel, Hornquist, Rust, and Sprong. You're not paying Rust 3.5 mil per year to play fourth line. You're not paying him 3.5 mil per year to switch to left wing either. Uh, Ron Cook said the Post-Gazette today that the Penguins should get Kunitz back, but he did not take into account the whoopee factor. That Kunitz is Sid's whoopee, and whenever Sid has a bad game, he's going to want Kunitz on his wing because he succeeded in that situation, and it makes him comfortable. Many years ago, when Kunitz was much younger and much better. People keep talking about Jim Rutherford's idea that Latang should play 23 or 24 minutes per game. And I repeat, it's a good idea, in theory. But let's see if Mike Sullivan feels he has the quality and depth on defense to facilitate that. I think he does. I'm just not sure Sully is going to think that. Turning now to baseball... Pirates won last night. Whoopity do! And Craig Calcaterra, I think that's how you pronounce his name. It's either Calca or Kelsa Terra. And I don't care if I'm right or wrong. He tweeted something funny. A great wrestling analogy as applies to the Pirates, in fact. Craig tweets Apropos of nothing, I've decided that the Pirates are the ultimate jobber team. They're not good but they're good enough to sell a loss in a way to make the other team look good. And they get to win occasional undercard matches at house shows like last night in New York. If you were a wrestling guy, that would be even funnier than it might sound to you. Uh, He adds, the tanking teams are like those guys who would lose 12-second matches via a belly-to-belly suplex when 
the NWA was trying to get Magnum TA over despite him having no skills. The Pirates are more like SD Jones or Sam Houston who could make a star work a bit. Uh, that's all exactly right. The Pirates are jobbers. They are enhancement talent, but they're good enhancement talent. They can put up a fight, but ultimately they lose a lot. Uh, James Harden got the NBA MVP. That's great, but the NBA regular season was so long ago. Weeks ago, months ago, that everyone forgot what happened during the regular season. They should announce those awards during the playoffs. I don't know, maybe during the conference finals. You wouldn't have the big event, uh, the made-for-TV deal. That'd be... Uh, you couldn't do it, but at least people could still relate, still remember. And yes, I think the NHL should do that too. Some Lakers fan, a season ticket holder, put up billboards all over Los Angeles trying to recruit LeBron and Paul George to the Lakers. A fan did that. Obviously a rich fan, but he's a fan. And what a waste of money. Does this nerd really think that's going to help that it will even remotely figure in to what LeBron James and Paul George do? If anything, that would keep me away from L.A. Far, far away. If I'm LeBron or Paul George, I'm figuring, wow, this creep might stalk me. He's going to spend money on these billboards like that. He might show up at my front door. Uh, Argentina did win. They have qualified for the knockout round. So all the struggling teams have righted themselves so far anyway. Argentina, Brazil, and Germany. Three of the favorites. You know what I love about soccer in the World Cup? The vocabulary. Own goal. 2-0. Nil instead of zero. Pitch and not field. The keeper is between the sticks. That shot caught the woodwork. He played a square ball. He dribbled into a cul-de-sac. I love it. And if you NFL fans think it's silly, listen to John Gruden talk. John Gruden is football gibberish. Listen to that and then complain about soccer. In just 30 seconds, I'm going to talk about uh, my blog on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Dominic Simone got a two-year deal from the Penguins yesterday. He played on Sid's line during much of his tenure with the club this past season. But I don't see in Simone what they apparently do. That's 30 seconds away on 105.9 The X.